Hello. I wanted to go ahead and tell you just a little bit today about the guest for this podcast, and that is Jim White. I'm doing it before the regular introduction because our conversation was by phone, and it just began after we had talked a few minutes, and I just started asking him questions. Jim White is the son of one that some of you may know, the author, at least by his pen name, James Harriet. He wrote several books, that is James Harriet wrote several books. His real name was Alfred White, but his books are known especially in the UK, but also worldwide as All Creatures Great and Small, All Things Bright and Beautiful, All Things Wise and Wonderful, and the Lord God made them all, of course, based on the hymn, All Things Bright and Beautiful. So, James Harriet, as an author, writes amazingly funny, poignant books about veterinarian life in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. So, if you've not read those, it would be a great book, series of books, for you to get. They can be a little bit on the adult side, nothing significant, but just a few words here and there and descriptions of what goes on with the animals and especially in helping animals give birth that you probably would want to change a few things if you read it to young kids. But we've read these books to our kids for years and they've always enjoyed them. But Jim White, the son, has written a book about his dad. His dad died in 1996. So he wrote about his dad and it's a very kind, gracious, and honoring book about his father called The Real James Harriet. So we talk about his memories of his father, some of the elements of the book, and how life has changed in the United Kingdom since he himself, Jim White the son, also began practicing uh, in veterinary science. Hello, I'm Matt Carpenter, and this is the Good Life Podcast. So to begin with, you have a lot of really interesting facts, certainly about your father, your, your family, the town of, of Thirsk. But how did your dad develop in his writing gifts? Most people don't think of vets as having as being good writers. So, so where did he learn to write the way that he did? I remember in the days when I was at school, I remember him buying books on teaching yourself to write. Um, he was always wanting to write. In fact, he wanted to write a book uh, from the days he was at school himself. And he, he practiced for ages, for years and years practicing. Um, and eventually, of course, he had a lot of rejections of his book. Um, in the early 1960s and the mid-1960s. And lots of rejections, uh, but continued, he persevered. Um, he showed determination and self-belief to get that first little book. 
was a tremendous writer at the end of it all. Yes. But that's a good lesson for people who face rejection as they are pursuing things that they love. To, to remember that, that, that yeah. someone who's so well-loved now would be turned down as he, as he was early. He showed those two qualities I thought at the time. If you want to be successful in life, you need determination. He didn't give up. And the other thing was self-belief. He, he used to say to me, look, if you think you're no good, you won't be any good. Um, never think you're no good. And he believed his book, even though he was rejected several times, he believed that book was good enough. And of course, we all know now that indeed it was. Yes. So and now you've been, for a long time, a, a, a caretaker. In, in addition, I mean, you yourself were a vet. For, a, for many years. And you were also uh, a caretaker, along with your sister, of his work. So, you know, yes. what, have you always lived in the town of, of, of Thirsk? Have you ever, you know, lived anywhere else? And, and just tell us a little bit about that town that was the base of your father's work for so many years. Yes, he, uh, we, we, both my sister and I, of course, we were both born in Thursk and brought up in Thursk. And uh, my father, he came to Thursk in 1940 from the Scottish city of Glasgow. And uh, he liked Thursk so much, he, he fell in love with the place straight away. It's, it's a nice town, uh, good, friendly people, the countryside is nice. Um, and he, he, he just loved Thursk. And um, that Thursk, of course, is the fictional Darby. It's, uh, it, it, it is Thursk. And I, I, sometimes when I read my father's books, and I look about all the funny little doors and buildings and little alleyways and yards, I can just see Thursk as it was then, just jumping out in front of me when I was a boy. Um, his lovely depiction of the scenery so 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 that that's something that we have always appreciated in 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 your book now and, and I would you know for the people who are listening certainly you know your book the real James Harriet a memoir of my father is 
is a wonderful depiction that that you wrote, as you say at the very beginning, to honor him. And you you talk about in your book that he actually had multiple opportunities to leave Thirsk and and, and pursue other work or, or work in other places. So what was it that drew him to to remain where he was? He never wanted to leave Thirsk. He had difficulty getting a partnership with with Donald Sinclair, who was, of course, Siegfried. Um, he never wanted to leave Thirsk. Um, and indeed, he very nearly did leave, uh, because he, he couldn't get any, um, he couldn't get a partnership, which is the problem. Um, I guess it was a, a bit of a, a throw of the dice and a bit of chance, really, because he wanted to leave. He didn't want to leave, rather, but uh, other other vets that came to work for a while with Siegfried found him impossible to work with. <laughs> right. Lovely man, you know, Donald Siegfried. Siegfried was a wonderful, lovely man, the real Siegfried. Yes. A lovely guy, but almost impossible to work with. <laughs> and this, uh, he was oh, absolutely one of life's true, true characters. But very difficult to work with, but a lovely man. But these other fellows couldn't work with him, and of course... I think that Donald Sinclair, Siegfried himself, realized that he had a, a great chance of a, of, a, of a fine partner in my father. And of course granted him a partnership, a full partnership back in 1949. A full partnership. But uh, no, he never wanted to leave Thirsk. He, liked, he loved Thirsk so much. I, I actually have had several, so I, I've had talks with, with friends here who have had situations with their employers that that often reminded me of some of the stories your father tells about you know yes. Mr. Sinclair who's depicted as Siegfried Farnan and yes. that that that's that there's something there and this is another element of great writers is that they can take some take a character and in some cases you know exaggerate that character's eccentricities, but as you say in the book, uh, your father didn't exaggerate. He actually modified some of those eccentric qualities. Yes, yes, he did. I think some of the greatest qualities that my father had was um, he was very good with simple words. Yes, his books are so easy to read, and. He always described himself, and I quote, as an amateur at the writing game. And he used to say to me, just I write just simple stuff, you know, simple stuff. But that's why, was, that's why his writing is so clever. It's the sort of word that he uses in the right place, in the right time, in the right context. That's why he was such a clever writer. Although he would never, if he was speaking now, he'd be a very modest man, you know. Yes. He would never admit that he was a good writer. <laughs> Um, I remember him saying to me one of his favorite writers was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the Sherlock Holmes man, you know? Yes. And he used to say to me, he used to read Conan Doyle over and over again. And he said to me, I'm wishing one day, he said, you know, that's the mark of a great writer. I said, what is dad? What is the mark of a great writer? He said, you can read his stories again and again and again. 
Well, James Henry is like that. Yes. Uh, many, many fans of James Henry have read his books again and again and again. That's, I think that's the mark of a great writer. Yes. He can uh, enjoy them so much. Another thing about James Henry that I think is so important is his books are about people, aren't they? Not animals, really. Right. They're the great study of human nature. He was a great observer. He never missed a trick, you know. He's a very, very good observer. And also, his books are about other people, not just himself. Right. The, the great characters in the books, like Siegfried, you know. I've read a lot of other books written by vets, but they're all about the vet treating animals, the vet treating animals, almost like case books, really. Not Harriet. His, uh, his books are about people, fundamentally, and not just about himself. So, as a pastor, you know, I, I, I'm a pastor to a number of people in our church, yeah. and... The similarities, or the things that I have learned about being a, about helping people from his writing are numerous. Because, I mean, he, he did, as, as you say, and as he says in his books, he treated people, not just animals. I mean, he, he was a, a kind man to the people he's helping. Yes, his, his great expression was also, he used to say to all us assistants, he used to say, it's not what you do, it's the way that you do it. Mm. Um, it's so important. That's why he was well-liked as a vet, showing those qualities of care, thoroughness, compassion, uh, putting the welfare of the patient ahead of any profit. You know? Right. Again and again, it's not what you do, it's the way you do it. I've said that in my book. Um, I'm so pleased I wrote that book, actually, Mr. Carpenter, because other biographies came out about Harriet, and they were way off the mark. Hmm. And um, I wanted to do something that would show the, the man as we knew him, you know. Yes. The, the family man, the, the good man. And... Um, I remember before he died, uh, he said to me, I don't want any biographies written of me. And I said, well, look, Dad, I'm sorry, but people are going to write biographies of you, as well as many articles about you. And then he said to me, if anybody wrote a biography, you should do it. And I said, well, <laughs> how do you know I can write? I don't know that I can write. And he said, I don't care whether you can write or whether you can't. But uh, I know you tell the truth. And that was a thing that drove me on, uh, to tell the truth. And he, he said, that's what he said to me, you would tell the truth. Well, and... So, that... Uh, carry on. No, I, excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt, but your writing carries a, a, a significant bit of... Um, it reminds me in, in many ways of your father's. You know, you are... You, you're giving biography so you cannot embellish the way your father would or combine characters together the way that he would, but your understated at times British humor, which is one of my favorite parts of British humor, uh, it, 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 it's wonderful. I mean, it's really enjoyable to, to read. Your, your, your book reads like fiction 
and, and I mean that as a compliment. I mean, it's, it, it, it draws one to continue reading and enjoy and soak up what you're saying. So, are you still there? something years old at this point. Yes, it was published in 1999. Okay. Yeah, it was it was very well very well received in Canada, but uh, didn't climb much in the United States. And yet I got a lot of um, accolades from people in the United States, but it didn't it wasn't promoted terribly well, I don't think. Hmm. Um, not that that worried me. I'm not out to make a huge profit, you know. Right. But um, it certainly is, of all the biographies of Harriet, it's the one that is true, of course. Right, yes. Well, one of the... That's the important thing for me. Yes. One of the people who is often overlooked in, you know, when they read the stories, because, not because she's ignored, but just because... That, that people read about your dad, and that is your mom. Because throughout yes. the books, he, he's always very, I mean, he speaks of her very highly, but she is supportive, gracious, helpful, and wise. Yes. How did she do all of these things? Well, she was. Um, she was. She was the one that really... Um, encouraged him uh, to, to start seriously writing the book. And one of the things he used to say was it was his silver wedding. He'd been married for 25 years and he was talking about writing a book. And she told him, it's, uh, you know, it's 25 years gone by since we got married. You've been talking about it for 25 years and you haven't even started yet. <laughs> and so, so she was the one that really got him going. Um, and she was very supportive. Indeed, she was a good wife to him throughout their life, you know. Um, she didn't interfere, but she used to, she would read his scripts and this sort of thing. But she kept herself in the background. She wasn't dominant, but she was a very, very supportive wife. And a great mother to Rosie and I, the kids, mm. as well. We were fortunate indeed, you know. Yes. Um, having good parents. So many of my friends and people, and people that I know in this country, it could be the same over there in the States, I'm sure, but some kids have such a bad start in life. And uh, Rosie and I were very fortunate to have parents like my dad and mom. Yes. Fantastic, really. My father was a great, he's a great father. Uh, my, I always thought that my, my definition of a good parent is someone who has time to spend with their kids. Mm. And 
he was always busy, my mum was always busy, but they always had time for us. That was the great thing that I remember, you know. We always, um, and at the beginning, to start with, he had very little money, as I wrote in my book, he was skint, really, had very little money. And throughout our time at school, he didn't have any spare money. But we never knew that. We were never aware of that, never. Um, yeah, we were fortunate. I've been born with a silver spoon in my mouth, really. Yes, yes. Well, and I always think that. your gratitude comes through in the book. And yes, yeah. And something that I also enjoyed reading both in your father's books and in your book is your family's appreciation for hospitality and good food. Yes. There was the description of. I mean, as an American, I've never had a pork pie before. But after reading about them so much, it's made me hungry for one. And, and, and I, will, I will tell you this. I enjoy cooking also. So your father's description of Yorkshire pudding was so tempting that I actually, one evening we had beef stew, and, or, and, and then we actually made Yorkshire pudding to go with our beef stew that night. So... Was it good? It, it, it turned out well. It was it was, it was very light. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure it can it can be improved upon. But your your parents' givenness to 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 hospitality and showing kindness with food that's a lost yeah. art today among many. Yes. Yeah. They were, they were always we were always extremely well looked after and well fed. Uh, talk about pork pies, Yorkshire here is the home of the pork pie, you know, really. Okay. It's uh, wonderful pork pies in Yorkshire, fantastic pork pies. Uh, mm. I must say I enjoyed the times I went over to the United States when I spoke about James Harriet. Uh, two or three times I've been over. I've enjoyed the, the food in the States as well. Well, we, uh, good. Great hospitality over in the States as well. Um, very, very warm, hospitable people. I've really enjoyed myself. I'm good. Uh, well, as a father said, as you realize in my book, he, he only went over twice to the States, and he didn't go again. He, he found it very exhausting, mm. uh, traveling from one place to another. It wasn't so bad for me, because I wasn't the celebrity that he was. Right. So I, I wasn't overwhelmed like he was. <laughs> sure. And, and of course, I spent my time, my visits were, were through invitations from veterinarians, so I was among my soulmates, as it were. Yes. Uh, my dad was thrust among the media, mm. uh, and there's a bit of a difference there, you know. <laughs> right, right. But, um, well, I really did enjoy myself. I spoke at the, at the um, graduation at Philadelphia. Uh, okay. Faculty. At the Penn State, uh, at uh, Pennsylvania, God, it was that was that was fantastic. Mm. And a lot, um, among a lot of Bentley students, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it, you know. And I did say to them at the end of my address, uh, I, I think this is important. I said to them, "You're going into a profession, a wonderful profession, which will have a lot of ups and downs. You'll have a series, a lifetime of triumphs and disasters." And you know, I saw a lot of downers. And I said, I had downers, and so did my father. James Harriet himself had downers. 
And I did say to them, his books are so uplifting, I said to them, if ever you do feel down, pick up a James Herriot book and read a couple of chapters. Yes. It'll make you feel better. Yes. Herriot's books make you feel better. They do. Um, a lot of people wrote, countless people have written to us about how my dad's books helped them through bad times. Because they're full of goodness to other people out there, really. Yes. Um, and his... The main thing that I, when I was a young vet, reading his books, though, the main thing was the humour. Right. I used to laugh and laugh and laugh. And he, he had lunch with, our, with the Queen, you know, here. Mm. He was invited to... I think I wrote that in my book. Anyway. Right, yes. But I know that she said his were the only books that... His was the only books that made her repeatedly laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, for they me... They like that, aren't they? In, no. <laughs> uh, for me, it is... Your dad and also P.G. Woodhouse are oh, yes. the two, and I know you actually said that that Woodhouse writing was some, was some that uh, he was an author your dad enjoyed as well. Oh, he was one of his favorites. One of his favorites, and his reading my dad's diaries when he was a boy, my father's boyhood diaries, a lot of Woodhouse-like phrases. Mm. His diaries. Yes. Oh, it had a, it had a profound effect. My father read P.G. Woodhouse right until he died. Hmm. He was reading Woodhouse. Yeah, he loved Woodhouse. Well, and <laughs> one of the things about reading Woodhouse that that I do appreciate, you know, with with P.G. Woodhouse, it's always the 1920s, and yes. it, it, the the setting does not change. And in your father's books, and also in your book as well, there is a conservative outlook presented. And I, I don't say that in a political fashion, uh, because you know no. the books are, are not political. But there is depicted, there is a desire to conserve what is good and true and beautiful yes and that yes. is that that's just a, 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 a lovely description in, you know in, in your work and in your dad's yes yes so yes he was a man with a lot of I must admit my father was a man with a lot of he wasn't a regular church goer at all but he was a man with a lot of Christian values mm. um one of the main, most important things I remember about him was he was terribly selfless. He would always seem to put other people's welfare in front of his own. Um, I do remember that very, very vividly about him. One of his great, uh, great qualities. And also a completely and totally honest man. Mm. You know, he never, he, I never heard anybody say a bad word about him. Um, and Donald Sinclair was the same. Siegfried was the same. He was a man, as I said before, would drive you crazy to work with. <laughs> but an honest man, you know? Right. Yes. And, uh, and a, a, a character without realizing. If you said to Donald Sinclair, uh, you're an interesting character, he'd just blow his top. What do you mean I'm an interesting character, he'd say. Are you making out I'm some sort of eccentric? <laughs> he had no idea. Right. 
no idea at all of his own eccentricities. You know, he, he, he once came to, came up to me one day, he said, do you like sardines, Jim? I said, yes, I do like sardines. And he gave me a couple of tins. And I said, thank you very much, Donald. And he said, don't forget to turn them. I said, I beg your pardon. He said, turn them. They're in oil. And you must turn your sardines to make sure the oil goes uniformly all over the fish. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, yes. And I said, he thought this was normal behavior. Anyway, I rang him months later because I wanted him some advice on a horse. He was good with horses. I wanted some advice. And his wife, who was Auntie, Auntie Audrey to me, he was Uncle Donald to me because he was my godfather. And she said, Jim, yes, you'd like to speak to Donald. I'm sorry, you got him at an inopportune moment. Could you bring him back? He's, he's turning his sardines. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, boy. That's... Never interrupt a man who's turning his sardines. That's right. I will remember he that. He used to buy them in great batches. He used to buy 30 or 40 tins at a time, you know. Mm. And Because uh, he loved sardines. I think he was a man ahead of his time, uh, Mr. Carpenter. Uh, man ahead of his time, because he said that fish oil is good for you. Well, we all know now that well, they're always telling us that fish oil is very good for us. Yes. There you go. That is true. What a character. Well, and, and what, what, a, what a wonderful character! And uh, you know, I said to my father towards the end of Donald's, at the end of his partnership, he was driving me crazy because he wouldn't retire. You know, he's very old but wouldn't retire. And I said to my dad, "How have you stood this man? How could you stand working with this man for fifty years?" And my dad looked at me and said, "What a wonderful character for my books! <laughs> Where would I have found a man like that?" And also. He said, there's one thing about Donald, he said, I knew, he said, from the first moment I met him that he would never stab me in the back. In other words, mm. Donald was up front. You got what you saw with the man. There was nothing underhand about Donald Sinclair. And that's what my father appreciated. So, what? Wonderful characters. They're still, they're still sadly missed around here. Father and Siegfried, both of them. What? I, I was going to ask, I mean, how much, you, you talk in your book about how a lot of things have changed. You know, are, has oh, yes. Thirsk been able to, to retain very much of its former um, nature, or, or has it just continued along the lines of, you know, urbanizing like other places? Oh, yes, I'm afraid it has got, it's expanded enormously. There's lots of housing estates being built up all around about Thursk. The practice has changed. The veterinary practice has changed completely. It has been taken over by a bigger organization. And it does no farm work at all now. Hmm. It does purely small animal at the pets. It just, just does nothing but small animal work. Um, we used to have 80 dairy herds in the practice when I... Well, I, that would be a wonderful experience. What we've actually discussed at times, I, so we've never been out of North America before. And uh, my, my wife and I, have what we have talked about coming over because she, she said she would love to see the beauty of the Dales and also to see yes. Thirsk and the area around there. Yes, yes, the Yorkshire Dales. 
wonderful. You'd never forget it if you saw them. They, they've got a quality of, of, all of their own. Um, he loved them, of course. He, he's, he was, you know, regarded the Dales as well as Thirst Wheelies as home. Mm. And when we were kids, he was always taking us up there. Always taking us there. So if ever you come across, you know, do let me know, because we can give you some guided tours. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I, I appreciate that. So, do you, do, do you ha are there any particular memories of your dad that stand out the most to you? Sorry, any particular memories of... Uh... Like, just anything of your dad that, that you treasure the most when, when you think of him? I think of him, I think one of the memories I treasure most about my father was that we were such good friends. Um, when he considered that father and son work in the same practice, there's never a, never a wrong word between us. Mm. Um, that's the sort of man that he was. And I suppose I'm an easygoing man as well, in my own way. Yes. Um, but we got on so well together. And uh, although he's been dead now 27 years plus, uh, he's a man that, that I still miss. Because um, he certainly was my best mate, really. Mm. Um, and he was terrifically supportive to us, to my sister and to myself. And uh, the memories are that we had a very similar sense of humor. We used to laugh together. We used to go to football matches together. We used to go walking together. You know, there was, there was always, he was the sort of man that was never a dull moment with, he was good company. Mm. Um, and these are the memories I have of him, certainly. Um, it's just, just all around an excellent upfront guy, really, you know. Well, I, I know that there's a... Much more than that? Oh, well, yes. I know that there's a museum there, uh, you know, in, in, in Thirsk. Uh, and the the world of James Harriet, and the, it's, that doing, it's doing extremely well now too. Yes, Do you, I'm sure that the television series has helped. Uh, oh, tremendously, tremendously. So, have you been pleased overall with how the the, the series is depicting the, the 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 books? Well, the new series, of course, the new one. Have you seen the new one, the most yes. recent one? Yes. Well. Of course, you will realize very well, being a James Herriot fan yourself, you will realize that this is, you're not watching the, the writing of James Herriot. It's, it's based upon James Herriot. Yes. Rather than sticking closely to his, to his work. Unlike the original series in the late 70s and 80s, which stuck to his, adhered to his writing. Uh, this one isn't, uh, but it's doing very well, and I do think it's, it's brilliantly acted. We've met the actors and the actresses involved, and the producers and the directors, and I think it does capture the ethos of James Herriot's work at that time, you know, and yes. veterinary practice in the 1940s. I think it does capture it. Mm. So we're, we're pretty pleased with it. We realize this. But nowadays, for some reason, don't ask me why, Mr. Conker, I'm no expert, but people take uh, the work of writers and they, they divert away from the actual story.
that the writer's written. Mm. Um, we look at things like the Poirot from Agatha Christie, and Agatha Christie didn't write a lot of that stuff that we see on the television screen. Right. Uh, the James Bond, the James Bond films, Ian Fleming didn't write that stuff. Um, that's on. But, and just as now, James Herriot hasn't written a lot of the stuff that you see now. Um, personally, I think it's a bit of a shame. Mm. But uh, maybe I'm living in the past. I don't know. <laughs> But it's very good. We are pleased with it. We are pleased with it. Certainly, yes. I mean, it, it, it does capture a, as you said, the ethos of, you know, of his writing. But, yes, yes. That, that there's also something lost when the actual stories are not maintained, I know, as well. Yes, but it can be difficult, can't it, really? It can be difficult to transpose the humor, the written humor of Harriet. Uh, onto the screen. Yes. Some of the humour that, that, that when I laugh at my dad's books, it's the way that he's written something. Yes. And that can be difficult to turn onto onto the screen. I can understand that. Uh, well. So some of the, the real humour of Harriet is it, it, difficult to put onto the screen sometimes. I realise that. Um, well. And I keep saying again and again, people say, oh, that well, they love the original series as well, and they like the new series, and they say, hey, the best things are the books, though. Yes. The best. The books are the best. <laughs> yes, we've actually worn out some of our copies and have had to purchase new ones because <laughs> the old. Well, you know, even our kids will read them on their own, and so so they will, you know, so the way they just we we go through them. So I I really appreciate yeah. you taking time to talk though. This has been really fascinating and and and, and enjoyable. If you have not read them, I would suggest please get all the James Harriet books, All Creatures Great and Small, All Things Bright and Beautiful, All Things Wise and Wonderful, and The Lord God Made Them All, and then get Mr. Jim White's book, The Real James Harriet, A Memoir of My Father. It is a fascinating, real study and loving tribute of a son to a father that epitomizes fulfilling the fifth commandment. Thank you all for joining and I look forward to talking with you next time.